And welcome back inside the home office and welcome to this week's edition of NEC Women's Basketball on the Run. I'm Craig D'Amico. We are coming off a holiday weekend of action and we are going right into a short week of action as we hit the quarter mark of our 16 game NEC conference schedule here in 2023. Coming up on today's show, we will take a closer look at the Red Hot Sacred Heart Pioneers offense. We will reveal our top three stars of the week, and we will look ahead to a busy weekend featuring not just one, but two NEC TV games this week on our schedule. And we'll chat with the leading scorer for the 4-0 in conference play, Wagner Seahawks, Alex Cowan. All that and more coming right up. But first, let's catch you up to speed on our top headlines from week three. This is our three-point shot. This past week, there was a leopard loose at the Dallas Zoo, but now we have Pioneers loose in the Northeast Conference. It was a huge week for the Sacred Art Pioneers with games against both St. Francis teams. We'll start with Saturday's matchup against the St. Francis Brooklyn Terriers, a matchup between two unbeatens coming in in conference play. And for Sacred Heart, they were kind of dialed up from downtown from the jump. It was like DJ Khaled and another one. 13 three balls, their most since they netted 14 on New Year's Eve last year against the Bryant Bulldogs. They made their first eight three balls in a row. So Jada Bonner was a perfect six for six from behind the arc on the way to a 76 to 60 Sacred Heart win. Then on Monday night in an ESPN plus TV battle against the Red Flash, the Pioneers burst out to a 40 to 24 lead in the first half. They were up 41 to 29 at halftime, shooting 47% from the field. St. Francis would get back into it in the third quarter. Sam Miller, sidebar, by the way, had a breakout game for the Red Flash, 22 points, seven rebounds. But as for Sacred Heart, they would go on to victory. They would close it out 73-60 to 60 on the road, a perfect 2-0 week, 4-0 start in conference play, and some fro-yo for everyone to celebrate on the long bus ride home. That's a happy bunch of pioneers with their frozen yogurt. By the way, if that's the motivation, win and you get Froyo on the way back home, Sacred Heart might just go undefeated the entire season. Who doesn't love their Froyo? For headline number two, we'll go to Brooklyn. Next week, we'll be previewing the actual Battle of Brooklyn. But this week, we got a small little taste, an appetizer, if you will, the non-Battle of Brooklyn, Battle of Brooklyn, the DeKalb Ave dispute, if you will, the first of two meetings this year between the St. Francis Brooklyn Terriers and the LIU Sharks. St. Francis Brooklyn was coming in off that first NEC loss two days before against Sacred Heart that we mentioned earlier, and LIU looking to shake off a 13-game skid, playing shorthanded without one of their key players, Amaya O'Brien. The Terriers led for most of the game. They led by as many as nine points late in the third, but the Sharks were circling the waters. They scored the first seven points of the fourth quarter to take the lead, 47-46 on a three ball by Maria Aloha. The teams would then trade the lead back and forth. There were nine lead changes total in the final quarter. The difference with three minutes to go, Terriers trailing 57-55. Sheridan Cavanaugh ties it with a bucket. Then after a turnover, Tyra Myers gives the Terriers the lead. These two baskets helped spark an 8-0 run overall to go from down two points to up six. The Terriers would make their free throws late to clinch it. They would go on to win 66-60. to so here's how things stand in the NEC after three weeks of league action. Wagner, FDU, Sacred Heart. They finished the first quarter of conference play unblemished. A perfect 4-0. 
Wagner held on to beat Merrimack by two last week in Staten Island. They survived Merrimack in Massachusetts this time by six points this past week. Today's guest, Alex Cowan, led the way with 20 points. The Seahawks, again, 4-0 in league play. They are off to a 4-0 start for the first time since the 2001-2002 season. FDU, they captured a pair of home wins at the Rothman Center, 59-53 over Central Connecticut on Saturday and 70-36 over Stonehill on Monday. 36 points allowed a new season best for the number 13 scoring defense in the nation. The Knights at 4-0, their best start since going 8-0 to start the 1993 conference campaign. And of course, we already highlighted Sacred Heart. Wins this week against the Terriers and the Red Flash. They are 4-0 for the first time since starting 6-0 in 2019. St. Francis, Brooklyn, they are a game off the pace of that trio at 3-1. St. Francis U is 2-3. Central Connecticut, 1-3. Merrimack, they beat Stonehill just this past week. 80 to 72 in the NEC's Bay State battle. Both teams are one and four, and LIU sits at 0 and 5. It's time now for the Heat Check, featuring the top three stars from week three in the Northeast Conference. Starting at number three, it's Chloe Wilson from Fairleigh Dickinson. The Knights found themselves in somewhat of a nail biter on Saturday. Chloe Wilson in foul trouble for most of the afternoon, picking up her second. Midway through the second, having to sit out the rest of the first half. And she picked up number four midway through the third. So she had to sit out until there were about two and a half minutes into the fourth quarter. But despite being limited to just 26 minutes, she still managed to log eight points, three rebounds, making a key free throw in the final seconds as the Knights tried to hold the Blue Devils at bay. But on Monday, she was back to beast mode, making up for the lost time from two days earlier. She tallied 12 points in the first quarter and had six more in the first four minutes of the second. She finished with her third double-double of the season, 21 points, 10 boards to help the Knights to a 70-36 to win over Stonehill. At number two, it's Alex Cowan from the Wagner Seahawks. Moving up one spot from last week, Cowan was clutch in Wagner's only game of the week at Merrimack. With Wagner holding on to a slim four-point lead going into the fourth quarter, Cowan recorded 12 of her game-high 20 points in the final frame, including a three-ball with two minutes to go to push the lead from two to five, a jumper with under a minute to go to double the Seahawks' advantage from two to four, and then making the final three free throws to hold the Warriors at bay and come away with a 69-63 win. The Seahawks' leading score has now surpassed the 20-point barrier three times this season. And our top star is Sajeda Bonner from the Sacred Heart Pioneers, the grad student who crossed the state from Quinnipiac to suit up for the Pioneers. This year was nearly flawless. Bonner went six for six from behind the arc against the Terriers on route to a 20-point game, her season high. Then she kept things going on Monday, pouring in five more three balls, going five for eight from downtown to finish with 17. In all, she shot 13 for 21, 62% from the field in the two games, 79%, 11 for 14 from downtown. Bonner has been a phenomenal addition for the Pioneers so far, and she's our top star for week three. It's time for NEC Open Mic, and our guest this week is the leading scorer for the NEC's highest scoring team, one of the starting guards for the preseason favorite and current 4-0 in league play, Wagner Seahawks. It's Alex Cowan. Alex, welcome to the show this week for us. Thank you for having me. 
Now that, that was quite an introduction there. You guys have certainly racked up quite the resume so far here in this, this young season. What's been the key to your team's early success, do you think? I think uh, preparation has been a big key for us. Uh, preparing for games uh, mentally, physically, all the above, I think that's been like a key component for us uh, doing well this season. How much fun are you guys having playing together so far? We're having a lot of fun. <laughs> you, If you watch us, you can see how, how much we celebrate each other when things happen. And even in tough times, like we come together and push through it. So we're having a lot of fun together out there. Now you're coming off a game against Merrimack where just like the game against Merrimack before that, it kind of went down to the end. There were some tense moments there at the end, but you guys were able to, to make those plays late um, both times. Uh, how, how was it that you were able to make those key plays at the end and come away with the victories? I think uh, composure and execution were really big for us at the end um, from coaches and our players like Coach C being able to draw to play and we come out and execute it. I think that was like huge for us coming down the stretch and being able to get that win. And now we, we talked in the intro there about, you know, highest scoring team and all that, but I know Coach Coburn's big on the defense. You guys started conference play holding St. Francis to 25 points and the other teams have kind of been right around 60 since then. So how would you rate how the defense is going so far and what they're capable of going at, uh, to as you continue on through the season? For sure. Um, I think right now we definitely have our lapses. We have times where we do really well and then times where it's not so good. So I think when, uh, as we watch film and continue to work on the small details and all of our defenses and stuff like that, I think we'll, I mean, it'll only get better. Now let, let's go back uh, for you and, and, and talk about your journey to Wagner. How, how was it when, uh, and when was it when you kind of fell in love with the game of basketball? I fell in love with the game of basketball fairly young. Honestly, I have an older brother who's like 24 and uh, I grew up watching him play and that's how I kind of got my introduction to it. So um, yeah, I mean, ever since then, watching him play and seeing him succeed in it, I kind of wanted me to, I wanted to try it too. Now, coming to Wagner, you were part of kind of a, a culture change. There was a program that really hadn't tasted success in a long time, and, and you were part of kind of changing the culture. Um, so as someone who's been on the inside during this entire process, how have your coaches and your teammates kind of, you know, flip the script and, and turn around what Wagner Seahawks women's basketball is and, and you know, turn it to a championship contender year in and year out now? For sure. Um that was definitely one of Coach C's biggest messages as becoming head coaches. We wanted to become a winning program and get on uh, people's radars and things that, like that. So I think with that, like, comes, you know, a whole bunch of discipline. And, I mean, growing pains, honestly, it, it took a while for us sure. to get where we wanted to be. So um, I think we've really keyed on, on, like like I said, small details and discipline and things like that and holding each other accountable, which have really helped us um, grow to where we are now and hopefully where we continue to go. Now, as you know, in the NEC, there, there's no rest. You just had games, and now there's games coming up next. Uh, you know, we'll see you against Stonehill coming up on Thursday, and then we'll see you on ESPN3 on Saturday against Central Connecticut. So when you look ahead to the games on the horizon this weekend, what might be a key or two to look out for? Uh, like I said, preparation. Uh, like, we, like you said, we have a really small turnaround town, so we're not going to be able to focus on like small details like going over people's plays and stuff like that as much. So we have to really key in on like what we can in terms of preparation and finding a way to win, honestly. <laughs> All right, it's time to go into the final five questions. Alex, we have some quick hitters for you. So just give us the first thing that comes to mind. All right. Okay, got you. All right. What is your favorite uh, either snack or junk food? Junk food probably have to be pizza. Okay. Uh, what is uh, your pregame superstition? None, no superstitions. Okay, good for you. Good for you. 
what, what is the biggest piece of coaching advice that kind of sticks with you that, that your coaches have given you? Mm, that's a good one. Coach, uh, probably pre preparation, honestly. The way you prepare is the way you play, so preparation. Okay, if we took a survey of your teammates, what would be the one trait or adjective that you think they would use to describe you? Me, uh, probably competitive. Probably okay. Competitive. And, and our final question, you know, you, you, you watched from afar in 2021 when Wagner went all the way to the NEC championship game. So what's it going to take for Wagner to get back to the ship and win it this year? All the things we've been doing thus far. We just got to lock in more and key in on the small details. Well, certainly off to a great start. And we look forward to watching you and the rest of the Seahawks kind of keep it going here. Uh, Alex and the Seahawks will be in action Thursday night against Stonehill. You can watch it on NEC front row. And then, as you mentioned, Saturday, 1230 at Central Connecticut, that game will be on ESPN three. Alex, thanks so much for joining us this week on our show. That's Thank Alex. you. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's Alex Cowan. And this has been NEC Open Mic. It's time for Stat Chat. Let's take a closer look at the Sacred Heart Pioneers and their offense during their current five-game win streak. The Pioneers have won five in a row, including 4-0 in league play. They've won all four conference games so far this year by double digits. The first time they've started 4-0 in conference and won all four games by 10 or more points since doing it back-to-back -back years. Their undefeated 2009 championship season and then again the next year in 2010. The Pioneers have averaged 72.6 points per game during their current five-game run, their highest-scoring five-game stretch as a team since February 16th through March the 2nd back in 2019. Not to mention, this past week, they shot 52.8% as a team from behind the arc in their pair of games. This is a team that finished eighth in field goal percentage last year, seventh in three point field goal percentage a year ago. And remember last year, they only cracked 70 points just once in league play. They've already done it three times in four games. So with their impact newcomers that they talked about earlier, the pioneers have certainly flipped the script here in 2023 to help get off to an incredible offensive start. The Sacred Heart Offense, the subject of this week's Stat Chat. We're right back at it this week. It's a short week, a Thursday-Saturday schedule, so let's take a look at what's coming up on tap. Thursday, Stonehill visits preseason favorite Wagner for the first time as conference rivals. Central Connecticut, they will take on LIU. The Sharks looking for their first league win of the season. They swept the Blue Devils a year ago. And the Sacred Heart Pioneers will host the Merrimack Warriors. These two teams split their two meetings a season ago, each winning at home. But our featured game will be 5 p.m. on ESPNU, the FDU Knights hosting the St. Francis Brooklyn Terriers. The Knights will be wrapping up a three-game homestand in front of a national TV audience. Two of the top players in the league will be on display Thursday afternoon. Chloe Wilson for FDU. She's top five in both points and rebounds. And Alyssa Fisher for St. Francis Brooklyn, our guest on last week's show. She's the league's third leading scorer and one of the most improved players in the league this year. FDU, the reigning regular season champs, have their defense suffocating. We featured last week on Stat Chat. They are locked in, and they're one of the tops in the nation in scoring defense. I think one of the differences from last year to this year, though, is their balance on offense. They have Wilson, but in the case of this past weekend, if Wilson gets in foul trouble, they have Sierra D'Angelo who could go inside or outside. Dahomey Forges is consistent, and now she's back in the lineup. 
Ella Fajardo has been uh, great basketball IQ as a sophomore, her first real taste of action in the NEC this year. Then on the other side, there's a lot of new faces at St. Francis. They lost a lot of leadership this past offseason, and we talked to Alyssa Fisher about it last week. That's a new role that she's still working on stepping into as a leader on this team. Jada McMillan is back for her grad year this semester. In addition, Coach Sim is certainly happy about Tyra Myers has been putting up all rookie numbers really since the beginning of December. She averaged 15 and a half points per game just last week. So the question is, can the Knights continue their run and improve to 5-0 and for the first time since 93, or will the Terriers get a signature win that moves them back up the standings? We will find out 5 p.m. Thursday on the U. Then on Saturday, LIU will visit Stonehill. Merrimack will host Hartford in non-conference action. St. Francis U will meet St. Francis Brooklyn. FDU and Sacred Heart will tangle, so we are guaranteed that at least one of those two unbeatens will not survive the weekend still undefeated. But our feature game will be 1230 ESPN3, the Wagner Seahawks visiting the Central Connecticut State Blue Devils. Myself and Pam Roker will be on the call for the 51st all-time meeting between the Seahawks and the Blue Devils. Wagner has swept Central each of the last two seasons, but if Wagner survives Stonehill on Thursday, they will be playing for their first 6-0 start in league play in history. Now, I saw Central in person last week against FDU, and they battled a team that, like Wagner, is considered an FDU heavyweight. Bell Lampers quickly becoming one of my favorite players in the league. We showed her last week scoring the game-winning bucket, then taking a charge on back-to-back -back possessions in the final seconds against FSFU. And then just this past week, 16 points, 5 for 10 shooting, two threes. She's quite the competitor. And how about freshman Laura Rokel? She was a four. She has length. She has size in the paint. She had 20 points against the Knights. Uh, and, and her battling against some of these Wagner post players, Kem Wabadu, Julia Fabazzi, that is going to be a fun battle to watch. It all goes down Saturday afternoon on ESPN3. And that'll do it for this week's show. We will talk to you Saturday afternoon from New Britain, 1230 on ESPN3. And of course, we'll see you right back here from the home office next week. I'm Craig D'Amico, and this has been NEC Women's Basketball on the Run.